Good morning. Hello, hello, hello. How are you? Are we all good? Really, really hope so. It is Tuesday and it is school day and a, um, what other day is it? work day oh <laughs> do you know what i really wanted to just stay at home today and do all the things that need to be done in my house but i have to go to work so it'll have to wait until tomorrow mm, never mind <gasps> right my little people um we're gonna have some jokes or a joke today instead of a riddle we're going to have for the next couple of days because my son wanted to tell you jokes. He's, he had three um, to tell you. And I said, well, how about we do them instead of the riddles and then um, we can do them over the next three days. And he was like, yes, OK, then. So... We're going to do jokes instead of riddles. However, we do have the answer to yesterday's riddle, which was quite a long one, if I remember. So, okie dokie dokie. I'm something people love or hate. Uh, I change people's appearance and thoughts. If a person takes uh, care of themselves, sorry, um, I will go up higher. To some people, I will fool them. To others, I'm a mystery. Some people might try to hide me, but I will always show... No matter how hard people try, I will never go down. So, does anybody know what that is? It was age. Of course it was your age. So, <clears throat> excuse me, well done to Ellie who got that right. Um, and messaged me about it. So, what about a joke? This is the first of my son's jokes. Why do bees have sticky hair? What do you think? Hmm. It's quite a funny one. Uh, not as funny as the third one. Um, I have to say, but this one is quite funny. So why do bees have sticky hair? And don't forget, it is a joke, not a riddle. Um, so it doesn't have to make sense. Anyway, what do you think about a um, fun fact? Now, this fun fact is about New Zealand. And I know... A few of my listeners come from New Zealand. So, a little fun fact about your country. 
New Zealand has more cats per person than any other country in the world. So obviously New Zealand is a nation of cat lovers. So I love you all because I love cats too. Um, so uh, how many of my listeners that live in New Zealand have cats? That's quite an interesting fact. So I'd like to know how many of you have cats. So message me and let me know so that then I can kind of, well, I can't because I'm not not very good with numbers, but I can give the numbers to um, my friend who is absolutely amazing with maths and he can tell me whether that fun fact is absolutely 100% true. So, get your messages coming in about whether or not you have cats. Simples. <laughs> now, today is National Sleeping in Public Day. Oh, that's so good to be able to just be able to sleep in public and not worry. Although, I don't think people look very sweet and cute when they're asleep um they snore and they drool and they have their mouth hanging open and it really doesn't look nice so possibly not sleeping in public uh oh it's in it's national sorry tooth fairy day how lovely is that don't stop pulling away oh Excuse me. Don't stop pulling all your teeth out, though. Just can't make the tooth fairy um, celebrate her day. <laughs> it's National Chocolate Souffle Day. I love chocolate souffle. Well, I love chocolate anything. Um, and also National Floral Design Day. So that's where you make designs and pictures and uh, arrangements out of flowers. I don't actually like, I love flowers, don't get me wrong, absolutely love flowers, but I prefer them in the ground. I prefer a plant rather than a flower, like a bunch of flowers, because then they die and so sad. Whereas if you just plant them in the garden, they come up year after year and you see them all the time. And when they do flower and they do come into um, bloom they don't just die after a couple of days they stay there you know for all the time that they should do so I like flowers rather not flowers plants rather than flowers <clears throat> oh excuse me any old how any old how um are you going to school today are you on holiday? Because some people are on holiday today. So, um, if you are on holiday, what are you up to? Are you going out or staying in? Me, mm, I am going to work, unfortunately. <sighs> and there's nothing that, mind you, I could, I suppose, sleep in public, but... I don't think, don't think the hospital would like that if I just decided to sit and fall asleep in front of the patients. What do you think? 
they come and see me at the hospital and I'm just falling asleep. Um, anyway, I'm not really tired today. I've been very good and I slept all night last night. Oh, <sighs> I sound tired, don't I? But I'm not, I promise. Um, so what about you? Are you tired? Did you sleep well? Did you have dreams? Do you remember your dreams? I remember mine. I dreamt that there was a monkey knocking on my window, my bedroom window to get in and it scared me. Um, but I actually looked it up to see what having a monkey knocking on your bedroom window meant. And actually, it means that I need more excitement in my life. Well, there you go. I need more excitement. Um, I'm not sure that's 100% true. Uh, don't really want more excitement in my life. Anyway, um, do you remember your dreams? Lots of people do, but also lots of people don't. Um, me, I always seem to remember mine. Um, but as soon as I wake up, it sort of goes further and further away from my head. And, um, and after just a few minutes, sometimes I don't remember them. The only time I remember them is if they scare me. <laughs> it sort of gives you a shock. And apparently that's so that you remember them because um, your subconscious wants you to remember it for some reason so that you can talk about it and find out what it means. Oh, I don't know. Um, anyway, what about a story? Should we have a story? Oh, let's have a story. Now, I thought we would go back and read chapter eight of... Me, Millie, Lemons and Airplanes. We haven't read that one for a while. And if you remember, oh my goodness me, if you remember, Mrs. Grum and the um, the dog, the poor little dog, and the um, man, Mr. Halfbrow, were all floating around and... Um, he went to save them with the, find the aeroplane, uh, Millie with her aeroplane, didn't he? So let's see. Chapter eight is called A Risky Rescue. Ooh. Um, oh no, the plane, I exclaimed. Oh no, the plane what? Millie asked. I told her about the lemon soda and Mrs. Grum and the businessman and how they were flying around and that without the plane we would never be able to save them. Here I'm working my butt off to be able to fly and they just go ahead and do it without even trying, she said, offended. Very unfair if you ask me. But it's not like they want to fly around up there. How can I rescue them without your plane? I said desperately. Well, why don't you just drink a glass of lemon soda yourself and fly up there and save them? And then I'll disappear into the sky too, I said. Oh, they're probably going to land in a safe and cosy place. It will just be like a nice air balloon ride. Only that they're the balloon themselves, Millie said. 
Maybe so, I said, without really believing it. But her poor little dog is probably scared to death. Popcorn, Millie exclaimed. Popcorn is floating around in the sky too. Well, I didn't see any popcorn. Only two fat people and a tiny fluffy dog, I said, I replied. My dog, I mean Mrs Grum's dog, it's called Popcorn. We have to rescue them right away, Millie said. Come here. But you just blew up the plane, I said. What are you fuzzing about? I was just testing a new type of dynamite sticks. They work great, don't you think? She said, grabbing my arm and pulled me behind the silo. There her plane stood, intact and just as shiny as before. We jumped in and seconds later we were headed for the soda factory. As we approached the factory we saw what looked like two big balloons floating around in the sky, maybe already a few hundred feet above the ground, and a little dot that had to be popcorn. They're flying too high, Millie said. We have to try, I said. Those poor people and the little dog, they're going to disappear. This piece of scrap metal won't go more than about 300 feet up and they've already gotten to over twice that height, Millie said. Suddenly I had an idea. Park down there by the factory, I said. Millie put the plane down next to the factory and I jumped out. Wait here, I said. I ran into the factory and stopped by the two guys who were now stacking soda crates. There I found a lot of empty soda bottles. I picked up two bottles with each hand and ran to the inner boiler in the factory, the one with the fresh lemon soda. I filled the bottles and ran back out to the plane. Open the fuel tank, I shouted eagerly. If this soda can make people fly, it's sure going to make your plane fly higher too. There is no fuel tank, she replied. The plane sucks its power directly from the air. Very environmentally friendly. Then where is the air intake, I asked. Oh, you're just going to ruin the whole thing, Millie said but still showed me an opening under the plane. Then you'll just have to blow yourself a new one, I answered, and poured all four bottles into the air intake. I didn't have to wait long for a reaction. It was obvious that the plane didn't share the businessman's enthusiasm for the bright yellow beverage. The machine coughed and gurgled and banged. And then the whole thing short-circuited. What are you doing? Now we're never going to be able to save popcorn. You've destroyed the entire engine. We don't have time to fix it before popcorn disappears behind the clouds. I felt pretty bad when I saw a tear running down one of Millie's cheeks. I had to do something. There was one thing that could just maybe work. Something I had learned from my mum. It was always my dad who fixed things at our house, but the few times he failed to fix things, my mum usually got things going again with a well-aimed punch or kick. I had nothing to lose, 
So I took a few steps backwards and then I jumped forward with one leg and kicked with all my power with the other leg in the side of the plane. I was hoping to hear the sound of the engine starting. But instead, I heard Millie shouting, So you didn't think it was enough to drown my engine? You figured you would try to destroy the rest of the plane too? Very thoughtful, I gotta say. I'm sorry, I said. Be quiet, Millie said. It was clear that she had heard something. Then I heard it too. The engine was running again. Well done, Millie said. Now get back in. I jumped up on the plane and just got hold of the edge of the hatch on the roof with my fingers before we left the ground and I ended up hanging on the ins outside. I gripped as hard as I could with my fingers while I was desperately wriggling my feet, trying to find something to climb on. But it was useless. The plane was completely smooth. And although I was a perfectly okay climber, I wasn't exactly an acrobat either. You can't hang outside the plane like that. You'll catch pneumonia, Millie said, hanging, hand, oh, I'll start again, reaching me a hand. Now, with a little help, I got in and sat down next to Millie. Oh, you should probably hold on to something, she said. Then she put the plane in top speed and flew towards the sky. We flew right past the miserable howling hag, right past the still quite cheerful but somewhat confused businessman, and stepped in front, stopped in front of the little nervous dog. When Millie stuck her head out, he barked a few barks of joy and waved happily with his tail. I'm controlling the plane, so you'll have to grab him, Millie said. Although I did not want to climb out from my safe seat at all, there was no doubt that it was I who had to perform the task. I still felt quite light in my body after the, the little sip of lemon soda. So I reassured myself that if I was going to fall down, I'd probably fall just nice and slow like a feather. Still, I held on as hard as I could when I lay on my stomach and pulled myself out to the tip of the plane as I hung, clung to the plane with my left arm I stretched my right arm out towards the little dog come on popcorn I whispered popcorn started running with his four little legs but of course he didn't move at all we need to get closer I shouted to Millie Millie took the plane a little closer, but up here it was a bit windier than down on the ground and the wind blew popcorn a little further away. Millie took the plane closer again, but the wind wouldn't give up and blew the small dog even further away. Literally out of the blue, something small and yellow dashed past me and stopped right next to popcorn. 
It was the talking lemon that had flown from my tree. It flew up to the little dog and pushed it towards me. I grabbed the dog and held it firmly. The little lemon swirled a little round in the air before it once again said, Hi. This time I answered with a short, Hi. The lemon smiled and winked at me before it flew off again. When I was safely back in the plane, I gave Millie popcorn. That was totally incredible, I said. I totally agree. Absolutely incredible. You actually managed to say hi back this time. Much better manners, Millie replied as she hugged and cuddled with the now very happy little furball. I don't mean to interrupt, but shouldn't we save the other two, I said. Millie cuddled a bit more with the dog before she put it under her left arm so it wouldn't fly off again. She then turned the plane around and quickly arrived by the businessman. I crawled out onto the tip of the plane again and asked the businessman to reach me his hand. So he did and I pulled him in. It was a strange feeling to be pulled around, pulling around a huge grown man like that as if he weighed absolutely nothing. What an amazing experience, the businessman said. Why didn't you tell me right away that this marvellous yellow drink makes you able to fly? This is outstanding. A sensation. The whole world is going to buy this fabulous lemon soda and fly around like happy overgrown flies. This recipe will make me even richer. Certainly, but first we'll have to save Mrs Grum, I said. There's not enough room in my plane, Millie said. We'll have to land and drop off the businessman first. Down on the ground, I had to hold the businessman so he wouldn't fly off again. Millie disappeared round the corner of the factory. After a while, she returned with a garden hose. She tied one end round a tree and the other around the businessman's leg. <laughs> he looked very much like one of those big balloons that you can buy at the circus as he hovered around tied to the leg with a garden hose. When I'd climbed back into the plane, Millie was already in place. She studied the screen carefully while she pressed several of the different icons on the screen and waved around with the bangloss, but nothing happened. The engine was obviously completely dead. Millie gave up trying to get it started again and turned her eyes towards the sky, where the fat lady now was nothing more than a small dot. We sat like that together, staring at the sky until the little dot disappeared. Suddenly, Popcorn jumped out of Millie's arms. I think he had forgotten how light he had become because he looked a bit scared when he discovered that he didn't land but remained hanging in the air. 
Millie leaned forward and caught him again. And then the three of us jumped down on the ground. We have to do something about that dog, I said. We can't let him fly away again. Hold him, Millie said, before she walked to the factory gate and loosened a chain that was hanging on the gate. It was probably there to lock the gate at night. Now it would be used for something quite different. Millie wrapped it ten or twelve times around the little dog and fastened it firmly with the padlock hanging on the chain. There, now you look like a wrapped ham roast, but you're not going to fly anywhere, Millie said to Popcorn and placed him gently on the ground. And, quite right, with the chain on, Popcorn was heavy enough to stay on the ground. Now we just need to wrap that huge roasted ham over there too, Millie said, pointing at the businessman. But there's not a chain long enough to go ten rounds around that one. She was probably right about that. We had to think of something else. That's when I came to think about the much too big boots of the two soda bottle pickers. Both of them, by the way, had come out of the factory to see what was going on. I asked them nicely if I could borrow a pair of boots. I got the boots. Strangely enough, they gave me one boot each. But that didn't matter. A pair of boots is a pair of boots. I gave them to Mr Halfbrow and he put them on without any objections. Then I ran in and picked up a crate of pear soda. I figured it was enough lemon soda for now. <clears throat> I opened a bottle and poured the content into the left boot. I continued this way until the boot was full. There was enough room for 12 bottles or almost 12 bottles. There was a small sip left in the last bottle. I drank that myself. One gets surprisingly thirsty from saving flying people. Then I poured 12 bottles into the other boot. There was again a small sip left in the last bottle as well. When I'd finished a drink, drinking it, the businessman slowly began to descend towards the ground. You should probably be a little bit heavier, I said, and went to get two large bottles of raspberry soda and gave him one in each hand. As soon as the businessman grabbed the bottles, he descended pretty fast the last three feet and quite gracefully landed on the ground. Fantastic! Oh, fabulous! Absolutely amazing! I must have this recipe! The whole world will drink lemon soda and fly, just like me. People are going to love it. It will be the world's famous soda, the businessman said, absolutely beside himself with excitement. Where did Mrs Grum go, he asked. We have a contract to sign. Um... Mrs Grum disappeared, I said. We weren't able to save her and now she's gone. Oh, the businessman replied. But who am I now going to buy the recipe from? A 
poor woman has just disappeared from the face of the earth and all you can think about is buying some recipe, I said, upset. That recipe is absolutely amazing, but that grumpy old hag was not. No, I'm completely convinced that the world is a much better place without her, the businessman replied. I chose not to say it, but when I thought about it, I thought maybe he was right. But anyway, she's gone now, and without Mrs Grum, there's no contract to sign. <gasps> but Mr Halfbrow did not want to seem to want to give up that easy. He walked over to the two soda pickers who stood outside the gate and looked up at the sky. Maybe they were trying to find Mrs Grum up there among the clouds. Hi there, fellows. I am Mr Halfbrow, and I want to do business with the owner of this factory. But now, it appears... She has disappeared into the sky, he said. She didn't happen to have a co-owner or maybe a business partner? No, it was only she, they replied. Oh, is there any, no one who is the boss around here now that she's gone? Mr Halfbrow tried. No, Agnes didn't like it when others meddled in her affairs, one of them said. Yeah, she's been like that ever since we were children. She always had to be in charge, the other one continued. Have you known her since you were children, Mr Halfbrow asked, surprised. <laughs> yes, we should think so, the two guys answered together. She was our little sister. But what a refreshing clarification, Mr Halfbrow exclaimed with a big smile. That makes you the heirs oh excuse me do you apologize that makes you the heirs to the factory then we'll sign the contract anyway how much do you fellows want for it oh we're not the heirs to the factory that would be the young miss grum one of them said i see said the businessman a bit sceptical another grumpy grum where can i find her you already did she's over there by that flying machine the other one said although we were quite a few feet away i could very well hear what they were saying mrs grum is your mother i asked millie startled she used to be sometime in the past she replied the businessman splashed over towards us in his soda-filled boots, she took Millie's hand and shook it vigorously. What a great pleasure to meet you, Miss Grum, he said. A great pleasure indeed. My name is Millie, she responded shortly. Oh, very nice to meet you, Millie. A real pleasure, the businessman smiled. Could I have the honour of buying your mother's recipe for this exquisite lemon soda? I can't sell it, Millie answered. But is there nothing I can do? Imagine how great it would be. People of all shapes and sizes enjoying themselves and laughing while they float around and decorate the sky for everyone. The businessman said... 
There is no amazing recipe, Millie said. The secret is the lemons. The soda can only be made from the lemons growing on one single tree in the whole world. And that tree is growing in his garden, she pointed at me. So there is no one other than him who can sell you what you need. Millie picked up popcorn and climbed back into the plane that now seemed to be working again. It took off and disappeared with a loud swoosh. While I was most surprised that the plane started again, the businessman was still just as eager to make his purchase. Will you sell me the tree, lemon boy? he asked. The tree is not for sale, but I can continue to deliver lemons to this factory. These two fellows will surely continue to run their sister's factory, and then you can buy the soda from them and sell it to the rest of the world. Excellent, the businessman shouted. But no more of the flying kind, I added. Just my regular super sweet lemons. But people all over the world would love it. They would dance lightly around in the sky, singing and cheering of joy. People all over the world would disappear into outer space, I said, horrified. No, it will be regular, but fantastic super sweet lemons or nothing, I added with a strict voice to put an end to this madness. The businessman didn't seem completely pleased, but he accepted the offer nevertheless. He splashed joyfully away in his boots, and I headed home. <laughs> well, we have chapter nine. I think chapter nine is the last one. So... Ooh, and then there's another one after that. So there we go. We may read chapter nine tomorrow, actually. And then we can start on the next one. What do you think? <laughs> anyway, I am going to get ready for work and get my children ready for school. And, 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 I think. You all should have the best day ever, just like me. But make sure that you take care and stay safe. <laughs> and don't forget the joke. Why do bees have sticky hair? Ooh, I will see you all again tomorrow. Okay, so bye for now.